Yep, you guys know what time it is. It's your guy, Just, and welcome back for another season of the Daily Knicks podcast. On this edition of the podcast, we'll be talking about the season, the 2019-2020 season, what to expect from the Knicks during this season, breaking down all the individual battles, and predicting all the moves heading forward for the Knicks. Let's go! boy just back at it for the 2019-2020 next season like all you heroin addicts out there we are back for another season trying to endure the uh inevitable and that is the new york knickerbockers all right let's start get this out the way we haven't pod in i guess three months yeah about about three months or so um it's october now the season starts in about three weeks um, the Knicks start out on the road uh, for the first two games. First game is in San Antonio. Next game is in Brooklyn. They have their home debut against the Boston Celtics. And speaking of the Celtics and speaking of Brooklyn, it's easy to speak about what happened in the offseason about the teams and the players that the Knicks didn't get. And... It's already all the jokes have already been made. The four power forwards, they didn't get any meetings, blah, 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 blah. We don't have to relitigate all this and everything that's happened. Um, we could just focus on the 2019 editions, which go as following Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, Marcus Morris, Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, Iggy Bristakis. I got to learn how to say his actual, like, first full name. Uh, Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson. Nine new players, two via the draft, seven via free agency, who have basically been brought in to help the Knicks not lose 60-plus uh, games again next season. Um, it has some of its ups and downs with who they brought in, who they let go. Um, most notably Enos Cantor, their leading scorer, Emmanuel Moutier, as funny as that sounds. Uh, they lost Mario Hazonia. They let go of Lance Thomas. Um, all guys who started at very points this season, I would say had highlights either last season or at some point in their Nick career. Um, and guys who Honestly, the fan base didn't like <laughs> four guys that can go somewhere and do whatever they want because they didn't play well. Um, even though Mario Hizonia had two of the probably five best moments of the season, blocking LeBron James' shot and dunking on Giannis Antetokounmpo. But it's neither here nor there. Um, the Knicks obviously will not miss any of these guys too, too much. Um but we all know who they will miss the least, and that is one Enos Cantor. Now, I'm not here to speak about Cantor and you know just how bad he was as a actual basketball player for the Knicks. Um, I'll just talk to the fact of you, Boston fans, who hopefully listen to this podcast, um, repost it, and share it with all your Boston friends. Um, 
get ready for the worst defensive center in the league to be starting on your roster. And when he when he's not getting his minutes because his defense is terrible, he will run to the press and he will crap talk crap about the coach and the team. So I hope you all enjoy that as you simply probably win about 42 to 44 games this year and are dealing with yet another season of how can Brad Stevens not coach these guys up. But anyway, leaving those guys alone. The new guys they got in obviously bring a new energy, a different type of feel to the Knicks. But obviously the guy who is the mainstay, the guy who they gave the longest contract to was Julius Randle. Now, Randall had a breakout season last year, um, did a lot of things well, um, really raised his game, rose his profile. And now he projects to be the starting center on starting center, sorry, starting power forward on the Knicks. And a lot of has been made about how exactly is he going to play and what is he going to do. Now, it has been reported. Um, has been showed on SNY and all these other places of how Fisdale plans on using Julius Randle. And he essentially plans on using him how kind of like Detroit uses Blake Griffin. Now, I bring that up very importantly just because Blake Griffin is probably, Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond is probably the best comp of how the Knicks are going to try to win basketball games. So the Knicks' two best players at the moment would be Randall and Mr. Robinson. And if you look at the way Detroit plays, and their two best players are also Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Those two guys are obviously their two bigs. Now, how can you actually get offense from your two bigs in an era of pace and space, shooting a lot of threes? Well, it's simple. You run a lot of high pick and roll for them. You use Randall as a passer, and you basically run your offense through him. He has the most experience. He's the most veteran guy who's going to make the, who's going to play the most minutes on the team. He has the ability to score um, from the outside, the inside. He seems to be able to be a good enough passer, and Mitch is able to at least cover up some of his defensive uh, flaws on his end of the court. And is able to catch lobs. So running down screens, um, making his way to the paint, doing a lot of stuff. Now, I know everyone here loves Mitch. Mitch is like the new KP. He is our child that we want to mold up into this superstar player. He still has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of flaws in his game. Now, I know Zach Lowe went on his rant about the Knicks and all sort of stuff, how they're going to stick again this year. But... In his piece, he detailed out a lot of things that Mitch has to do to get better, just not on offense. We know he isn't an offensive player as of yet, but even on the defensive end, um, he isn't great at setting screens. He chases a lot of blocks, even though the blocks aren't there. And sometimes he can kind of be moved out of the play if you're able to just make a couple of extra passes on the paint. So I understand that everyone is getting enamored with his three-point shooting, which, yes, him shooting threes will open up the offense because no one is a lethal shooter on this team except for Wayne Ellington and maybe Reggie Bullock. And Bullock won't be back till Christmas. January is the time frame they're expecting. So 
they need all the shooting they can get. And so Mitch and Bobby Portis, if they can shoot anywhere near 35 to 40% from, from three, that would, the Knicks would take that with open arms. However, his defense has got to get much, 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 much better. Um, and he's already really good at, at defending, but just actually sliding his feet, putting his hands up, not chasing, not putting his hand in, getting stupid fouls, those things are going to be important. Now, they don't get the same highlights as him shooting a bunch of threes, but that's going to be important because we need him and Randall to be able to carry this team if they're going to want to win any type of meaningful games, beat any meaningful teams, and develop at least some type of playing style for this team going forward. Um, And speaking of like the actual playing style, we have to figure out who is actually going to be the guys benefiting in this offense. So the the lineup hasn't been set as of yet, but we can – Probably make an assumption of two guys are going to start. It'll be Mitch and Randall. Those guys, 100%, are going to start. The issue now is the other three spots. I would be shocked, shocked, shocked if Dennis Smith Jr. isn't the starting point guard. There are reports that the that Frank and Alfred Payne are going to get an equal opportunity to get the job. I don't believe it. Um, I think that this is... Dennis Smith Jr.'s job to lose. And unless he just doesn't play well, he can't figure things out, whatever, the job's going to him. And so I would give about a 95% chance that he that he uh, starts. I have to get like, that 5% because you never know. Dennis Smith has had an issue with injuries. He's been hurt a bunch of times. so, And I do think that Alfred Payne is here just to break in, in case of uh, Dennis Smith injury glass. Um, but I expect Dennis Smith to be the starter. The three and the two are where the whole thing kind of kind of gets interesting. And it, to me, it's kind of the flavor of the month, what you want. The argu- I was basically put down arguments for some guys to start and not to start at the two and the three at the two, the candidates at the moment appear to be RJ Barrett, Alonzo Trier and Frank Milikina. So let's start with Trier. Trier is obviously a lethal scorer. He can score at three levels when he decides to shoot a bunch more threes. And the key is he gets fouled a lot. And that's something that the Knicks did not do. They did not live at the free throw line. He, gets a lot of free throws attempted, and he makes a good percentage of his free throws. That's a very key skill that other guys on the team just didn't do last year. So you know already he'll be able to get to the basket, get points, and he'll slow the game down, and he'll make big shots when you need them to make them. Now, the cons are twofold. They work. They are his greatest strength and also his greatest weakness. He is a tunnel vision shooter. Now, in a, in some sense, that is great because sometimes you need some guys just to shoot the ball and to get buckets when it comes down to getting buckets. However, at the beginning of a game, you're trying to run an offense. You are not trying to necessarily get all those points scored in a in your way. 
It's about making the team score. If you think about it, if I don't know if everyone remembers that famous quote, got that line from when Pop was talking to Kawhi Leonard, when he said, Kawhi, when I run a play for you, it is for the Spurs to score, not for Kawhi to score. And I think Trier had that same type of issue, not saying he's on the same level, but he has that same type of issue when it comes to scoring the ball. So, A, I think his teammates would be pissed off when they actually have to play with him as a starter. And B, we don't have a great offense coming off at, at coming off the bench, so him coming off the bench would make more sense. Second up, you would think R.J. Barrett. Now, third overall pick, there is clearly room for him to be on the squad. The issue with R.J. is how would him and Smith be able to play together in the backcourt? At the moment, we have to assume that they are non-shooters. R.J. has never shot well. He's never played at this level. He didn't shoot well in college. And Dennis is a poor three-point shooter. The spacing would bog down too much. And R.J., I think while he would have the ability to kind of take a third score role, he still wouldn't be necessarily have the ball in his hands enough to create with Dennis and both Randall on the floor with him. Again, another issue with him starting his greatest strength, greatest weakness at that point, which now leads me to the third option, which I think is actually should be the right option is Frank Nielkina. Frank had a great summer. He led his team to the bronze medal or helped led his team. I don't think he, he wasn't the leading scorer, but he was on the team that was able to take down USA for all their flaws and all their missing players. He was still on that team. And he showed everything that Frank Island, Frank Truthers, whoever those people want to call themselves, he showed what we all thought he can be. A great two-way player who's able to make big shots if you have a scoring type of guard on the floor with him. Now, I understand that he, like RJ, can't shoot at the moment. He's not a proven shooter. He, like Dennis, both have problems with staying healthy and are injured. But he doesn't need to run plays for him. He'll stay engaged at all times. He will clearly defend the opposing team's best perimeter player. He has the physical style and the tools to be able to play that way. And if his three-point shooting holds up from what happened in the World Cup, he'll be able to at least be able to somewhat space the floor enough for Randall, Mitchell, and Dennis to do their work and score. I understand some of the Knicks fans that are just done with him. They don't want to play him at all. But to start the game, you can clearly put him out there and have him do what he needs to do. Now, it's going to be determined whether or not he's making shots. That's what's going to keep him on the floor or what's not going to keep him on the floor. But the idea of him playing alongside Dennis Smith actually makes a lot of sense at this moment. And it's clear something that the Knicks at least seem like they're open to since the fact that he has now brought himself back into the conversation of being a rot- rotation player. Since Dotson is, you know, going to probably miss the start of the season. Then uh, we slide over to the three. 
Now we have RJ as well in this conversation. Kevin Knox, last year's rookie, eighth overall pick, and newly acquired Nick Marcus Morris. Now, RJ, same uh, ideas I had in the beginning for him. Take that with what you have. Knox had a horrible year last year. He was not a good player. Um, he seems to got a little bit stronger. He seemed to be able to, um, you know, pick up a lot more of defensive understanding. He was an awful defender last year. And if we trust the development process that has happened, you would think he's be able to take somewhat of a leap to be a starting caliber player. My issue with Knox starting is the same as he is too tunnel vision enough to, to realize when he needs to score and when he doesn't need to score. At the moment, Marcus Morris would be a better option at the moment. Much better defender, heady basketball player, knows how to score within the offense. And a lot of times, Knox, his biggest problem is while he will get you points, they are not impact points. They will not come in a run. Some guys will score when the other team is on the 10 to 4 run, he'll score the two baskets. You know? He has to score when the Knicks are on a run. When they he when it's on an 8 0 run, a 10 0 run, a 12 2 run, that's where he has to learn how to get his points, is in the flow of an impact of the game. I believe Morris is the type of player who doesn't need the ball, can shoot it when he's open, can get to the rim, make his foul shots, and it's just a smart veteran player. So for me, for my money's worth, as crazy as it sounds, I would go with Dennis Smith Jr., um, Frank Nilakina, Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson as the five. Um, for that. Coming up, I'm going to take a quick break, talk to you guys about the rest of the Knicks. Stay tuned. And we're back. So, obviously, we just talked about the starting lineups, which lineups make sense. Now we can at least talk about a little bit of the bench and who's going to kind of come in and what kind of role a lot of these dudes going to play. Um, it's going to take a while to figure out what exactly other rotations are going to look like, what exactly is – who's going to get any minutes, who's not. So – the hardest thing about the Knicks is that they really do might have they really do have too many players. Um, they have too many guys who basically expect to play, expect to get minutes. Um, the best thing, in my opinion, would be to probably offload some of these players before the season starts, before you can kind of see a problem and get rid of it before you have it. Um, the candidates I would give, while it might be a little hard, is. I would try to trade um, both Trier and Dotson and, and to get back some picks, um, see if anyone's willing to bite on that. It would be a little bit hard just because you don't 
people right now like their teams, it's going to be hard for them to actually like do that. And for you to actually build up somewhat of their, you know, equity, they have to play. So it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit hard to try to get a trade done and trades don't typically happen this early, this like late into training camp. We're kind of going to run with the team that they have. So, a couple combinations of teams of rotation guys I had out there was obviously I have Knox and um, RJ coming off the bench. It'd be interesting if the Knicks can run out a lineup potentially of RJ, Knox, either Wayne Ellington or um, Reggie Bullock. We'll just go with Wayne Ellington until Reggie comes back. Um, Alonzo Trier and Bobby Portis. Basically, you have got four guys who are able to to definitely knock down a shot. Um, you have Alonzo Trier who's able to get to the rim, break it down, and get to scoring. But essentially, you are just putting the ball in RJ's hands and telling him to go, making all the plays, and letting him make the mistakes. At one some point for me, I believe RJ is just going to eventually have to become the point guard of this team or secondary point guard. Um, that's really going to separate him from being – really good to being great if he gets to that level. It really is the only thing that separates someone like DeMar DeRozan and someone like James Harden. DeMar DeRozan is a really good scorer. He's able to get to the rim. Obviously, he doesn't shoot as many threes as James Harden, but the biggest thing is the fact that he doesn't play make as much as Harden does. So even if you were to take some of the threes away from Harden's game, he's able to affect the game so much just with his passing and his court vision. And he's a lot better passer than, than DeMar DeRozan is. Um, that is definitely one lineup that can happen. We could also do the super big lineup, which I would like to see, which is Frank at the point, Knox at the two. You put um, Morris at the three, Randall at the four and Mitch at the five, or even you put by Portis at the four and Mitch at the five, the super big lineup. I think that lineup would be very good defensively. Um, and you could definitely bully people down in the paint. Now, again, issue is no shooting whatsoever. That's going to be the next, next biggest problem all year. They just, there are no, there are no lineups out there that the Knicks run out there where they will have efficient shooting. Um, just just none. They don't have enough shooters, elite shooters on the team, especially with both Dotson and Reggie Bullock not starting the season out. But the way they have to play and the way they have to do that is everything's going to come into their transition game. When they get the ball, they have to push it as far and as fast as they can. If they don't do that, if they're unable to push the ball and try to get it um, up the court as fast as they can. They don't necessarily have the type of playmakers on offense to be able to put the ball in the hole consistently. If you're able to run and play their defense to a certain level, they're able to get points that way and get to the foul line. Um, That, to me, is the best way for them to be able to actually score consistently, is the best way for them to actually try to match teams effort and the biggest thing is them for them getting their defense set when they come back this 
isn't going to be a team that's going to be able to outscore people. They'll probably be somewhere in the 80s to high 90s, maybe the low 100s for most of the year, but them scoring 110, 115, 120, they just don't have the three-point shooting in, in, in their game to be able to score that many points. But it's definitely a team that I think that can have a lot of fight in them. Marcus Morris Ray talked about having that old dog in their chest, which, look, them days of like having like that type of team is dead. People only care about really winning in a certain way, but that's the way that they want this team to look. So if everything goes right, everything I say, the lineups work out, everyone stays healthy, Fizz is able to convince everybody to buy into a role. I have per- personally the Knicks at 35 wins. I think if everything goes to the best of their ability, it can go all the way up to 43 wins and possibly a playoff seat at that point. The East is obviously not as good as the West. Um, I don't even think the team that makes the eighth seed is necessarily has to be a team above 500. Um, I think that there'll be easy opportunities for the Knicks to make the playoffs. It all depends on everything. I mean, everything hitting for them. Now, if everything doesn't go right, They'll be back in the lottery, back fighting for the number one seed. Um, still probably have issues at point guard. If Dennis doesn't take that step, Frank continues to get hurt. Kevin busts out, just a bust. Um, RJ struggles. The, there's infighting. There's a very easy path for this to go south. Um, I think that while in the past, people can believe that this team will go south just because there's a lot of areas for it to go south. The key is not even necessarily that every one of these signings work out because they won't. You you bring in nine new players. The chances that all nine are going to be able to have their best year or, you know, have a really good season is not, is, is unrealistic. Um, the best case is half of them have good years. Um, maybe one has a career year. But for the most part, it's about just having the franchise get healthy and have the front office be set. Even if they aren't able to keep the level of talent that they have on the court and compete with everyone, if we're just able to have the front office make smart moves going forward, that means continue to develop the players that they have here. Don't make any really bad free agency signings. Trade away players at their height, not at their lowest. Then the Knicks will be in good in good standing going forward. So that's that's the position of the team. The rest of it, um, I do have the team winning 35 games, making a major improvement. I have them 10th in the East. No playoffs for them, but a significant, significant improvement. They won 17 games, so I'm giving them 18 um, more more games for them to win. Uh, I think the team MVP and the ch- guy who has a sneaky chance to win most improved player, Mitchell Robinson, um, I do not think that the leaps and bounds from players – will take place this year. I don't believe that. I just believe it will just be a gradual incline, which is what you want to see, um, and stop playing in the lottery. 
But that's 2019-2020, start of the season for the New York Knicks. Thank you guys again for listening to me. It's your guy Just on the Daily Knicks podcast. Make, you, make sure you guys continue to listen. Continue to subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Tell your homegirls to subscribe. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Just. Thank you guys for listening. For listening. For listening. For listening.